This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Amy Dunphy. Now, the Saudi Arabian prince, Mohammed bin Salman, is one of the most powerful men in the world. He's also a man who arranged the murder of Jamal Khashoggi, a Saudi Arabian journalist living in Washington, writing for the Washington Post. He was a critic, a dissident, if you like, but hardly a, a serious one. He went to the Turkish embassy in Istanbul to get a certificate he needed to marry his fiancée, and he was ambushed in there by 16 Saudis who had travelled specially to get him. They butchered him, they cut his body into pieces and flew it back to Saudi Arabia. American intelligence established subsequently that Mohammed bin Salman It had been done on his orders. And this is a very powerful man. And he is determined, he says, and has no problem with the concept of sports watching. He's tried it in soccer. Hasn't quite worked. They get Ronaldo at 37, Neymar, who is a playboy and doesn't count for much in football. So it hasn't really hurt soccer. But it has really hurt golf. They set up something called Live Golf. It was launched formally in October 2021 as Live Golf Investments. And a former professional golfer, former number one in the world, Greg Norman, was named as the CEO. Live Golf has been described as the golfing equivalent in the dormant breakaway European Soccer League in football. But some great players joined, and that is an issue. It has split the game. Cameron Smith was probably the best young player in the world. He went. Dustin Johnson, a great player. Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka. So very serious players joined Live Golf and the PGA of America and the DP World Tour also, which is for European golf, have both suffered. And to discuss where golf is right now, it's a pleasure to welcome to the programme, Eamon Lynch, who is a brilliant journalist. He's an Irishman. He works in the United States for Golf Weekly and the Golf Channel. And he is rare for golf in being an outstanding journalist and a very, very good writer. Eamon, thank you very much for joining us. The defection of John Ram in December for an estimated $500 million was a shock to everyone and some people, David Waltz notably, 
in the Sunday Times said, is it game over in Liv's war with the PGA? They've taken away a great player at the height of his prowess. How serious was that moment? And where is this at the moment? And where do you think it's going? It was serious at the moment, Eamon, in the sense of, of the backroom politics. Not so much in terms of the product, because John Ram has played two live events right now, and no one's still watching. It's yes. still an execrable product yes. that no one's paying any attention to. And already the rumors are starting that Ram is deeply unhappy with all of the noise and theatrics and nonsense that goes on around the live events. I mean, this is a guy who had rabbit ears when he was on the PGA Tour, so he's He's not going to like a lot of the aspects that go with playing yeah. with Liv. But it was ultimately a, a leverage play. There was a faction on the board of the PGA Tour that, that includes some of the players that did not want any of the Saudi Arabian public investment fund money, period. By poaching John Ram, that's their way of reminding the PGA Tour of the damage they can still do. And that's really the live tactic here. It's never, they've shown no ability whatsoever to actually build a product that nobody, that anyone is engaged with uh, as fans. And it's even to the point now they don't no longer publish their viewing figures for TV yes. because they're so laughable. It might be worth explaining what their tournaments consist of. That is three rounds, no cut, and four-man teams. Yeah, it's basically a simultaneous team and individual competition. Over 54 holes, shotgun start. Yeah. And there's a lot of reasons why, for instance, you know, they keep arguing about getting world ranking points in the absence thereof. And they claim that there's a conspiracy against them to deny them world ranking points. But as the world ranking uh, official to point it out, they, it's very hard to judge a, a 54 hole uh, tournament and, and shotgun starts when you're taking everyone out of pressure situations to begin with. But yes. more importantly, there are people on the same team who are paired together in the individual competition. So they are automatically incentivized to look the other way if there's something untoward happening on the golf course. There's a lot of sort of ethical and, and structural reasons why Liv is problematic from a competitive standpoint. But ultimately, they've just built it. They've built a business on the back of being able to hurt either yes. the PGA Tour or the European Tour. They've not managed to build a business that anyone has engaged with uh, as a fan or a sponsor or a viewer yes. so far. And that hasn't changed. That's not going to change at any point. The only traction that Liv has managed to gain was granted to it by that framework agreement announcement last summer that they were going to try to seek a settlement with both the PGA and European tours. Yes, and the key figure, one of the key figures there was Jay Monaghan. He is the PGA tour commissioner and he... And McElroy, Rory was a very courageous, outspoken opponent of Liv. I actually saw him say, I hate Liv. <laughs> Rory has a conscience and is a hugely popular figure among the fans and among his fellow professionals. Now, he resigned recently from the board, presumably after the Ram defection, but also you know, I think probably to get on with his own career and his own golf. What role did Jay Monaghan play in what was seen as, at least from where I'm sitting, a surrender of, of kinds to live? There's certainly a, 
a surrender to this inevitability that people seem to think that the Saudi money is going to be in there. And even Rory's on that page now. He's kind of he still is very much a critical opponent of live as a product and as a form of golf. But he seems resigned himself now to this idea yes. that the, the Saudi money just is going to find its way in, that there's no way of, of resisting it. And that's probably the calculation that Monaghan made as well. And Monaghan's become an interesting character in a sense that a lot of the criticism that has been leveled at him, including by his own players and by a lot of folks on social media, is that he's an abject failure, it was a capitulation, all of the above. But ultimately, every move that Monaghan and the tour made was because they were being held hostage by their own players. Yes. And those players kept shifting the goalposts. What was enough last week is not enough this week. And the answer to the question of what's their number was always more. And so in a way, he's the easy fall guy right. for the position the PGA Tour finds itself in. But there is uh, an inevitability that the, the players never wanted the money to be rejected. They wanted it to be redirected. And that's true of most executives in this game, that they, they didn't want to stiff arm the money. They were trying to figure out, was there a means <laughs> to get it? And right now they're caught in this position where they have the private equity thing, which was a smart move on Monaghan's part to dilute any perception that the Saudis would achieve their end objective, which was to own outright the elite level of men's golf. That's yeah. off the table. Right. Now, that, they're, they're not getting that. And so the question is, what will they settle for as a minority stake in this game? Uh, because they're clearly on the road to that. But the, the progress in terms of the Saudi component to this deal is still very slow moving. And I talked to people in Los Angeles last week at the tournament there who said that it's still quite some time away before they get to any resolution on that. So you'll probably see more impact in the short term from this private equity group who came into the game as well than you will see from the Saudis. And it's very possible that you may not see a Saudi impact at all. They, they may not go for the deal. And if they do go for the deal, there's all of this regulatory scrutiny that comes with it. So in a real sense, you're probably still two years away from seeing what a Saudi impact in golf looks like, if there is to be one at all, which I imagine there probably will be. Yes, and I should point out to our listeners that the Saudi Public Investment Fund has $700 billion in it. So it's a bottomless pit. And also, I'd like to ask you, Eamon, about, I mean, it's reported that Tiger Woods was offered between 700 and $800 million initially to join. Rory, doubtless, would have been a huge capture and at the same time, it's probably important to say Dustin Johnson is a respected player, Cameron Smith, a young Australian, a brilliant player, future of the game, Brooks Kepka, who's won five majors, if my memory is correct. All of these people are outside of the PGA Tour. Yet, if there were to be, and this is an understanding I've gleaned from reading about it, the public investment fund might make up to players like Tiger Woods and certainly Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth and those guys of that generation. There might be a coming together of Liv and the PGA and the DP World Tour. Peace would break out 
and the public investment fund would give the money or some form of money to players that they failed to induce before. That's been, uh, I suppose, an expectation from from the get-go in this. I don't see it happening in the sense that there, there could be a coming together in, I suppose, a structural or political sense. But it's very difficult for players to make an argument that they are somehow entitled to compensation for a business decision that they made with open eyes. And so many of the figures that are going around are sort of wildly speculative. And if you trace them back far enough, the sourcing on them is, is fairly specious yes. as well. Rory says, you know, I'm sure Tiger got a substantial offer. Rory says he never even got to the point where they made an offer because he wasn't interested. But this private equity group, the strategic sports group, uh, they have invested right now $1.5 billion with the same to come again. And the tour has announced that $750 million of that will be split between the 36 most influential or needle-moving players on the PGA Tour. Now, that's a substantial equity grant yes. to those guys. It's very unclear how they ever realize the value of that. Who, who does Rory sell his equity to if he wants to cash it out yep. at some point? So there's a lot of details to be worked out on that. But those guys, in a way, have already gotten their money. And the people who don't actually yet have their money in a weird way are the live guys. I mean, every contract's structured in its own way. But in the case of John Ram, if he's poached as a leverage play, well, if they may well have looked at that, the Saudis, and said, well, if we come together uh, as soon as we think, we may not have to make a year two payment to him. And if yes. they do have to make a year two payment to him, well, then they've bought a high-profile plaything yes. for their little league. So the, the numbers are all kind of a – they're all great until you have to sue somebody to get your money. And who are these guys going to sue if the Saudis say, you know what, we're pulling the plug on Liv and we're, we're all coming together? Now, these guys will eventually make their way back in some recycled fashion to the PGA Tour. I think that's always been a likely outcome. But And Rory's the one who said just a couple of weeks ago that he thought they should come back with no sanction. And yes. it was interesting to see how quickly other players took Rory's in a distinct minority in that one in the locker room because a lot of these guys don't want them back, period. A lot of guys don't want them back without some kind of penalty imposed on them, whether it's they're, they're not allowed access to bonus pools or they have to play certain other events that aren't as, as well supported by the stars as, as they might be. But Rory was in an absolute minority when he suggested they should just come back and everyone should get over it. That is not by any stretch the majority opinion on the PGA Tour locker room. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST 
and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Now, one of the things that's affected is the Ryder Cup. And players from the United States and Europe who regard the Ryder Cup as a great event, as a very big deal in their career. It's an aspiration that most players, all players probably, hold to. And that's a problem as well when you consider, for example, a European team without John Ram. It is. And the, you know, there was some criticism of Rory when he suggested that that couldn't possibly be allowed to happen in two years, which I guess left him open to criticism that he was okay with all the other guys going and being left off the team last time around. But as soon as it was his teammates that were going, it was a different story with Ram and Terrell Hatton. It's it's possible it might be resolved. Before then, the European Tour might make a decision that they, they will allow those players to come back. I mean, technically, John Ram's still eligible. Although every time he plays a live event, he is racking up fines of, I believe, a million bucks a pop. Right. So he, he he would not be in any hurry to, uh, you know, play those events. And the fines probably a lot less than that. I think I'm misremembering the number, but it's significant. So it's definitely going to have an impact. But the, there's going to be a whole shakeup in this game. I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility that this new enterprise that they've created. Uh, the PGA Tour Enterprises, which includes yes. all of the assets of the PGA Tour, the European Tour, and presumably then the money from the Saudis, as well as this private equity. It's not beyond the realm of possibility they might buy the Ryder Cup outright from the PGA of America, because it's the only asset the European Tour can bring to the table yes. that has any real value is the Ryder Cup. So if this organization already owns half of it, why wouldn't they logically go after the other half and see how they could leverage even more money out of how they run that event or how they promote that event in the years to come. So it would at least end one of the always more speculative questions, which we saw again last year is should players be paid to be in the Ryder Cup? Well, that question might become entirely moot if the players own the Ryder Cup, because I don't think the players flexing their muscles ends with reorganizing the PGA Tour. I think the players will go after the major championships for a share of their media rights revenue, and I think they'll go after the Ryder Cup for an ownership stake. Yeah, Patrick Cantley, I think, was the person cited as being responsible for 
the idea at the last Ryder Cup. And I must say, I wasn't disappointed when he blew yesterday's tournament. Let me ask you about yesterday. There are now special tournaments. And yesterday, over the last five days, last week, the players were playing for a $20 million purse in Los Angeles, one of the great courses in the United States. And the prize money for these special events, and there are a number of them, I'm not sure how many each season now, the prize money is spectacular and life-changing, isn't it? The $4 million for the winner yesterday, and it could have been anyone. It was Hideki Matsuyama in the end. But is that a kind of stopgap thing? Can that endure $20 million tournaments with the disappearance of John Ram, Cameron Smith, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Koepka, Bryson DeChambeau? That's, I suppose, the, the $20 million question, right? The, yes. uh, I mean, so many guys ran to this false economy created by Liv, but that was ultimately not the PGA Tour's biggest problem. Their problem was the guys who wanted Saudi money to stay. Yes. And they've created another false economy. Now, we're going to see if that's sustainable through the, the private equity money they've gotten and potentially Saudi money. To some extent, it's sustainable by the sponsors' uh, support. And if they get that, the, the question is what happens to all of the other events that are no longer able to yes. sort of keep pace. So you're creating a caste system yes. within the tours where there's going to be a, a group of events that everyone will show up at. That's a guaranteed product that everyone knows who's going to play, the broadcasters, the sponsors, they all know who's there. And then there's the events that we see this week in, in Mexico, the PGA Tour event there, which has a very low caliber field yes. in terms of star power. And you know, Rory keeps talking about this idea of wanting to see a global tour yes, where I, the game would that. return to these fine events, you know, the Australian Open, go to Asia and South America, which is all great in theory, but it's been tried in practice because that's what the European tour has been trying to do for the last 20 years and build a global schedule. Yes. And there is absolutely zero commercial support for that. There, there are no sponsors who step up to pay big purses in Australia or in, in most of the events in places that Rory's talking about. So unless they can determine that that money is going to come somewhere or that a sponsor will step up if a stronger field is coming, then I don't see the the global tour necessarily being all that successful because the one thing that Liv proves, because you know they set out with this notion that they were going to grow the game, play a, a global schedule, almost m- more than half of their events are now currently within the American time zones. And there's a reason for that, which is that there is one proven audience of skills that can be monetized for this sport anywhere in the world. And it's in the United States. You start messing with that. And I I give you one number that's sobering for those guys. If you factor in the broadcast rights that the PGA Tour has sold through 2030, and you add in the sponsorships that have been sold through 2030, that's $10 billion. You'd have to be a brave guy if you're going to screw around with $10 billion of guaranteed revenue by deciding to shake things up and find yourself having sold a product that you're no longer delivering. And that right. money is suddenly in jeopardy. So there's there's so many different dominoes would have to fall at some point. I do think you're going to see more global action on the uh, in terms of the global golf game, but that's going to be a Q4 thing. I don't see them messing a lot 
between January and August, because that's where that serious money is guaranteed for years to come. When I was younger in South Africa, there was apartheid and part of the apartheid system as part of it. Black people were not allowed to play cricket or rugby union or any sport, but the cricket and rugby union were big because South Africa were a force in in those sports. Now, some people went to play in South Africa because part of the deal from a South African point of view was getting, you know, top-class English footballers to go down there in the summer. I wasn't a top-class footballer, but I was of some use, and I refused the money and I campaigned against apartheid until it was, in the end, washed away. This MBS, the Saudi regime, they are vile in so many ways in their discrimination against gay people, in their murder and flogging of people. But, and here's the big but, Eamon, Secretary of State Blinken has been to meet MBS recently. Joe Biden would and has met him. The US, the UK, they sell stuff to the Saudis and the Saudis were in peace talks with the Israelis before the Israeli Hamas thing began. In other words, separating out these guys from the world appears to be impossible. I mean, I wouldn't go there. They wouldn't want me. But is that a factor at all in the thinking? Or is it just money, bringing the game of golf together, keeping the right, preserving the Ryder Cup, for example? I think it's a decisive factor because it serves so many purposes. It's easy for the the whataboutists to say, okay, well, you know, the com- country does business with Saudi Arabia. They're technically considered an ally of yep. the United States and so many European countries. So it becomes very easy to say, well, why should golfers make a stand that governments don't make? And that's an increasingly popular argument that you hear. And it's, in a way, it's a, a neat cop-out because it gives people the excuse not to accept personal responsibility for decisions they make. Totally. I, I agree. Absolutely. Yes. But the flip side of that is if you're a professional athlete and you consider the, take the ladies European tour, for example, right now, which has always run on fumes. They were there at the weekend. Yes. It, it, it runs on fumes uh, in terms of finances. And the only tournaments that pay any money are sponsored by Aramco, the, the Saudi state oil company. And uh, if that money, if you chose as a player not to compete for that money, you are not going to make enough money to keep your status. Yes. Um, because the tour has sold itself. Uh, so you could argue in a the sense there that the morality is no different, but you're putting players who are on the cusp of penury at the best of times, you're putting them in a position where they either don't make a living or they essentially contribute to sports washing by playing for Saudi money. That's never been an issue for the PGA Tour guys who went to live yes. or the European guys. They were members of two lucrative golf tours and it still wasn't enough for them. So it doesn't necessarily apply on the other side. But if you get into the situation now where the tour has essentially legitimized the Saudi involvement in golf and is in clearly in a direction to do that further, well, then the decision in a lot of ways is being taken out of the hands of individual golfers because the, the tour having 
basically stiff-armed this investment for, for selfish commercial reasons yes. for as long as it did, has now decided, okay, this is all good. So the option is, in a way, been removed from individual players. But the you know some of them will have a conscience about it. Most of them won't, because for most of them, it's just simply a straightforward black and white commercial decision. It's always, it's cash. It's, it's never been conscience for most of them. Right. Just let, let me ask you one final question, Eamon. Phil Nicholson was the first to declare, I think, and Greg Norman, who describes himself now as an entrepreneur, former golfer, number one in the world, known as the shark, sounds like a total shit in many respects. Mickelson, a compulsive gambler, they were the two guys who, they were in from day one with the Saudis. Mm -hmm. I take it that neither of them had much of a reputation among the players now playing anyway. Certainly, Greg seems to have accumulated uh, a staggering number of enemies during his years in, in the game. Yes, I read that book published recently, which I'm sure you've read about Liv and Let Die or whatever it was called. Yeah, and, and Phil certainly accumulated enemies and he accumulated more. It was interesting whenever that aforementioned debate over whether or not Liv guys ought to face some penalty for coming back. And uh, Justin Thomas was quickly out of the blocks to say that he thought there should be some penalty, particularly, and Scotty Scheffler as well. Uh, Scotty Scheffler said he had an issue with the guys who had left and sued the PGA Tour, who acted as a legal stooge yes. for the Saudis. And of course, Phil Mickelson was the lead plaintiff in yeah. that and encouraged other guys. But what Greg Norman was selling in public uh, as the vision of Liv is what Phil Mickelson was selling in private when he was still on the PGA Tour. And he yes. admitted in court documents that he was suspended by the Tour for attempting to recruit players. And what, what he did was lie. I mean, Carlos Ortiz, one of the live guys, did an interview recently where he talked about how they were promised that they would get world ranking points. Well, that's not within the gift of Phil Mickelson or Greg Norman to right. give them. But that's what they were told. They would, you know, they were told they'd be uh, conquering heroes, that they'd be... A, acclaimed as developing this new forward-thinking, fan-friendly version of the game. All of this is nonsense. It was all lies, but it was lies sold for a purpose to to these guys. And people overlook the, the most malignant force in all of this is the agents who are kind of funneling players into the Saudi rat trap over the last few years for their own share of the action. So everyone sort of blames the players or the failures of various executives on either side of it. But ultimately, uh, the agents deserve a lot of blame because they have given their players, in some cases, I'm sure it's advice they think was sound and uh, profitable for them. But the agents operate entirely devoid of any kind of conscience in this. They're just there to cream off as much money as they can. Okay, I mean, we're very grateful to you for joining us. I just want to ask you one more question. Mm -hmm. Cameron Smith, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepke, John Ram. Is the game of golf, as we've known it, not mortally wounded, but seriously hurt by the absence of those players from the great tournaments? Absolutely, because it's the PGA Tour is measurably weaker for their absence. In a strange way, Liv isn't stronger. That's evidenced by the fact that yes. it's got no traction with an audience or, or any commercial traction. But the PGA Tour is definitely weaker. 
Um, if it's not resolved in some way, what, what you see ultimately now is golf is just careening towards being tennis, where yes. there are four weeks a year that the diehard fans are really into, yes. and the other 48 weeks are, are four tournaments a year, I should say, the fortnightly uh, major championships, the Grand Slams. And they could give a shit about the rest yep. of the season. They don't know what's going on. They might have a vague awareness that somebody won an event here or there. But that's the danger that golf is facing right now, is to become a four-tournament sport that the casual fans pay attention to for those four tournaments. And the rest of it is just cannon fodder. And th- they are dangerously close to getting to that point. You could argue they might have been close to it even without live because the product has become so diluted. But there's certainly a danger of that now. Okay. Eamon Lynch, we're very grateful to you. Eamon is a great writer. You can read his stuff online, Golf Weekly. He's that rare thing in sports writing, a brilliant writer, great reporter, and has bags of courage. We're very grateful to Eamon, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.